This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select Ezekiel Elliott. And now, your hosts, Dane Brugler, David Hellman, and Brian Broaddus. Well, welcome back to the Draft Show here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. It's always nice to have you with us. As we get closer to the NFL Combine coming up, uh, I saw the other day where there was 65 or so days until the draft. It'll be here before you know it. So uh, we are happy that you're here. Uh, Brian Broaddus, along with Dane Brugler from CBS Sports, joined also here by a young lady that is really, really locked in to what's going on in college football. Tay, what? And I'm always glad to have Taylor Stern with us, Dane, because she is a go-to person when it comes to college football. Mm -hmm. And there's there's questions about these players, coaches. I mean, she's had a lot of interaction with guys in uh, on the national football, uh, excuse me, the national uh, championship scene, uh, Orange Bowls, Rose Bowls. Young lady's made a yeah, she's made a lot of connections throughout the uh, throughout her uh, brief career. But uh, they've all been great connections. Taylor Stern, welcome to the Draft Show. Thank gang. you. Thank you. You know, Dave just quit on you as usual. Well, Mardi Gras took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's, that and, matters more. To yeah. me, I'm all about let's find the next Dak. Let's <laughs> exactly. find the next Anthony Brown. Exactly. exactly. But he just doesn't care. Yeah, he does not care. So I appreciate it, the kind of words. Yeah, nice to, nice to have you along, uh, yes. Taylor, really, and appreciate that. Okay, uh, today we're going to get into a little bit about uh, the Combine. It is we will have shows uh, from Indianapolis starting next Tuesday. Uh, there'll be shows uh, likely at the end of the day. Uh, we've got a lot of things that we have to do, and interviews, watching workouts, things like that. And uh, we will have our, our hour-long shows from Indianapolis uh, for you, kind of a recap of what's going on each day. Uh, those will go from Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, we'll have a special weekend show for you on Saturday and tie everything up in Indianapolis. But I do want to get into a little bit about the Combine. And, uh, Dane, you know, expectations at the Combine, mm-hmm. you know, expectations of, of players, of coaches, of scouts, of fans. What are you looking forward to most about this Combine? They're all different. You know, I've been going to the Combine since 1992, and every one of them has always been different for me. Right. Expectations of what you're uh, looking forward to at the combine. You've got me beat. I think this is my eighth combine, so I'm an old man. You got a little bit more on me. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, you're right because it, it's an individual basis type of thing. Because for one player, his three cone drill might be the most important thing that I'm looking forward to. But for another, it's the medicals. Another might be the interviews, um, and so another it might be hand size. It's just it's it's wide range. It depends on the player we're talking about in terms of what's most important for him. So uh, I'm working on my preview right now. That's going to be up on CBS sports and I'm breaking down 60 players um, and what's different about each one of them that scouts need to find out, you know, for 60 players. Right. So for, wow. I just pointed out 60 of them. And yeah. For a player like Ryan Ramchick, the talented Wisconsin offensive tackle is a top offensive tackle in this group. I think he's a top 20 pick recently a hip surgery. How does that play into his evaluation? Um, a player like Corey Davis from Western Michigan, the wide receiver, will be there, but he will not be working out because of an ankle surgery. Ankle surgery, right. They, they call it minor. Uh, he should be ready at some point over the summer. But, again, this is a player from the MAC who we won't get ha- to have verified 
uh, times on right. before the draft and a, a player that might be the top receiver taken. So uh, whether it's the medicals, whether it's uh, the interview process, uh, there's a lot that we need to learn and figure out when we're in Indianapolis. Taylor, I'm going to turn to you on something here. He said the interview process. Mm-hmm. Your area of expertise in where DallasCowboys.com is the social media side of it. The, you know, the, all the, the things that you do, the presentations, the relationships you've built with the players, the trust that you've built with these players. Talk about, though, what the, the avenue know. I'm going to interview kids, and I, I used to not be able to know anything really about these kids, but now all of a sudden I can get on social media platforms and learn a little bit more about them, maybe ask them some questions about behavioral practices, things they believe, things they don't believe, outspoken, not out, uh, outspoken. Talk about, though, you know, you know, and, and I know you've had interaction with, with people about the social media side and how you use it to evaluate players. Talk about what do I, what do I expect going in with these interview process from that side of it. Absolutely. And I think since Laramie Tunsil, there's been a lot of focus Whoa. on social media. <laughs> and what happened with him in the sure. draft, obviously that didn't happen until the draft weekend. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I mean, you know that there are people in these scouting departments that are specifically looking at guys' social media. Not only their social media, but their dads, their moms, their sisters, their brothers, the friends they hang out with, the girlfriends, the fiancés, wives, anyone that is personally close to these players – their social media is under speculation because it's a very important part. A social media profile can tell you so much about a person. It's kind of creepy. We all know that. Sure. But you could get some questions. Hey, I saw that you said you were here, but on your girlfriend's Twitter, she posted a picture of a date night somewhere else. Right. You know, so you can catch these people in either lies or see really positive things about them. Hey, you know, your mom posted this about you. We didn't know that, that you, you know, did all these things or you had a learning disability or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that social media is becoming an avenue for scouts to learn a different side of them because, okay, when you're in those interview process, it's very nerve wracking. Absolutely. And you're probably, I'm just as nervous interviewing the kid as as they they are. are. I really am. Exactly. So who knows how they're, you know, showing themselves. Perception is reality. So obviously they want it to be the best it is. Well, hey, I just went to your dad's social profile and he's talking smack about the Falcons, you know, and he posted this tweet. We also saw what happened to Dak in draft weekend last year where he gets drafted by the Cowboys, a simple Twitter search of at Dak, at Dallas Cowboys, and you see him talking badly about Tony Romo. Right. So these players really, you know, besides getting their physical in check, they need to get their social in check. Go back, see what you posted. Miles Garrett, that <laughs> video that came out. Yeah, exactly. Ago, know like who you're talking to. Know who you're sharing things with. People are also taking photos of you wherever you are. Right. And they're uploading those to Snapchat, Twitter, things like that. Don't be in any questionable circumstances where, hey, you know, nobody's posting it that you know about social media. But right. Joe fan over there just took a picture of you here. Yeah. And now I'm going to post that. Hey, I'm Miles Garrett. I went out to Northgate. And, you know, this is a week before the draft. Right. Got put myself in a bad situation. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm curious to see how much of that is going to play into it. And especially like guys like Jalen Smith, who last year, you know, you're talking about medicals, didn't really participate, did all that. 
very impressive in his press conference. I right. remember you saying that. Right. And now he's really used social media to also be a benefit. Yeah, this is him. new to us, isn't it? it it's, it's totally yeah, new to it us. Is. It's something that we've and, – and, and great job of explaining that. See, that's why you need somebody like Taylor Stern on your staff to kind of get you through. I, right. I'm an old, I'm an old scout. I, you know, the the whole thing, these, you know, things that have happened with the Mixons and stuff like that. I mean, I I need to be educated on this stuff, and 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 now this is really a huge part of what these teams spending millions of dollars on these players. It, it might be a social post that takes somebody off a board. What, uh, Taylor said something that was, I think, key. And perception is reality. And, and that is so true right? Um, with a lot of these players. And for a lot of fans in the outside world, social media is what creates the narrative. It's that perception. And so, uh, yeah, it is such a big part. From a scouting perspective, you know, we can talk about the on-field and, you know, what we look for on tape and all that. But off the field, it's just as important. You know that. Right. Uh, and information is power. The more information no doubt. you yeah, have, absolutely. the better decision you can make, the better understanding you have of the player's mental makeup, who he is as a person, his character, how he treats others. All that goes into the overall grade. You'll have your on-field grade, uh, but then you have the off-field grade, a character grade. and That's how, important. Oh, yeah, it affects the overall grade. It absolutely it does. Yeah, and we saw what happened last year with Eli Apple and his mom getting pretty active on Twitter. I mean, yeah. now she has... Pretty much a Twitter personality. She's mm-hmm. verified. She's been on ESPN, right. done some different things. We've seen Zeke's mom, too. A lot of times, you know, they may have their perception so cleaned up and it looks great. Well, I just went to their girlfriend's page, and she's talking about how, you know, he had the worst workout. Yeah. You know, and now she has to go take him out, you know, or something like sure. that. So you can find these things, like you're saying, the information that I think could be critical in figuring out. I've yeah. seen people gone through these guys. I mean, Zach Banner is one that I remember someone went through and was like, girlfriend seems a little too close. Mm. Let's watch this. Because these guys are 20, 21 years old, 22. Yeah. Very impressionable. Right. And, you know, it's important to know everyone who is around them. And like you said, you're about to spend a million dollars. That's spent a lot of money. It's funny. how You know, in in the early to mid-90s, how different – the NFL would have been if social media existed at oh, that gosh. time. Oh gosh, a player like yeah. Brett Favre. Oh who, gosh, yes. You know he he liked to go out. And oh have no, some fun. we we there was things that we had to actually hide. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's just amazing how different things are now compared to yeah. you know twenty years ago. Uh, it's just how things have changed and everyone Scouting. else has changed with it. Yeah, it's all part of it. Okay, yeah. and, and, and like I'm going to go. Yeah, and, yeah. this is something that and that, and we'll get into the combine because we're going to do all that. Taylor and I were talking, though. She had something that was really, I think, kind of neat. And she was asking me about these players. And she wants to do something, though, that it, she kind of had an idea about, is this guy a safe pick or a risky pick? Yes. And you I just kind of brought up yeah, one guy. Yeah, I want to kind of yeah. – she had a list of guys that she wanted to go through. And I'm like, okay, we'll shoot this. And we're going to do something. The way the show is going to roll today is we're going to do this, and we're going to do Twitter on the 20. And then we're going to do uh, – Taylor's got another – uh, another thing called Taylor's Takes, and she's got some more games questions. On, games on games on games. Games on games. Taylor's coming with some some information heat today, so we're going to let her be a part of that. So, And we can also we can take calls, 888-855-2297. We might get to that at the end of the show. But go ahead, Taylor, and let's, uh, let's hit some of these uh, safe pick or risky pick. Yeah, Dane, I'll start with you. Okay. Safe pick or risk pick with Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle from Alabama. I think he's as safe as you can get from a tape perspective, from a character perspective. 
Um, he has a few shoulder things going on. So as long as that, that's, that'd be my only hesitation there. As long as the shoulders check out, he is an extremely safe pick. A yeah. player that went back for a senior year to get better. Uh, I mean, Nick Saban will rave about his intelligence, uh, about the person that he is. Um, he didn't have the best upbringing, but he, he is powered through adversity. So I think Jonathan Allen is a very good example of the type of player you want on your team. So the film and everything other than the injuries check out, though, for being the, for being the safe pick. Yeah. And especially he's, that high, right? He's a very clean player on the field. I mean, versatility, power, strength, quickness. It, it has it everything. Yeah, he has be it taking over Garrett? Could he be taking over Miles Garrett? That high? I, I don't. I don't. Oh, we're talking maybe a top three pick. I don't. Oh I, yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, top no, three, I know. But I've yeah. never seen him at one. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. You never know. I mean, maybe if you're not in love with Garrett, maybe. But Garrett to me is just—he's the best player. Yeah. But and I mean, I guess if you're saying that, I wonder how many you know different trades we could see. I mean, at no this doubt. point last year, it was the Browns, and then yeah. it was the Rams. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there's three defensive. I mean, with Jonathan Allen, Miles Garrett, and Solomon Thomas, I think all three of those guys are. Top five, uh, that, that, those types of players. But I think Miles Garrett is just a little bit better than the other two. Okay. Right. Brian, Malik yeah. Hooker from Ohio, Ohio State. State. Right. Yeah, you know what? I think that's interesting about Malik Hooker, depending on what you really – there's tape that you can watch about him where he really doesn't tackle great. And, and now does Adams fit over him, you know, the LSU uh, safety? And so I, I'm kind of in my mind, I'm thinking like probably a top, top, probably a top 12 player. But does the tape as free safety scare you a little bit as being that safe player? I mean, when you make that kind of investment for a safety, are you really getting the best player? I think with him, I have him over Adams so do I. myself. So, but man, the tackling part, if I'm a team, I'm maybe thinking about hmm, how consistent is he really? Is that the safest route to go when you're talking about a safety? Yeah, and that, that's fair. I think a big thing with Hooker is his issues are more angles more uh just eye discipline understanding where right. he needs to be not effort i think the efforts efforts there. outstanding yeah, yeah. He, he's a tough guy he, technique though right it's not like he yeah. avoids contact right. which is a, a good step if you're you know not gonna be the best downhill tackler at least show me effort and hustle and that's there so i think he'll get better remember a redshirt sophomore yeah first year as a starter right the ball production with seven picks this year is just outstanding so i'm with you i, I give him a little bit of an edge over adams because he impacts the back half of the field more. Uh, but it's that deep safety guy. Right. Yeah. But your your point is well made about yeah. the, the run defense. Obviously, the best name in the draft, Taco Charlton Dane. Safe or risk? Uh, that's a good one. Um, she's, I told you she's bringing fastballs today. And I, I, It's not because his name is Taco, <laughs> but I always say with Taco Charlton that um, he has all the ingredients, just lacks seasoning. Love that. <laughs> that's that's Taco Charlton, uh, a late bloomer, a guy who didn't really start until his senior year. You see the physical traits. I mean, they're yeah, they're they, there. He's, he's a big, strong guy. Film, yeah. yeah, he can bend off the edge a little bit. Um, I, I think he's going to get better. Is he safe or risk? I, I would lean more towards safe, but I don't feel great about it. I don't feel yeah. as safe about him as maybe I do some of these other players. And I've said this before. But it reminds me a lot of Justin Tuck when he was yeah. coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, and there's a reason Justin Tuck was a third-round pick, not a first-round pick. And so I think you know, with Taco Charlton, you're not drafting him for you, who he is now. You're drafting him for who you think he'll be two, three years from now. And so with that projection, there's always a little bit of risk. Absolutely. Sidney Jones from Washington. Brian? Mm. 
Cornerback. Yeah, I, I, I you know what? You think, already kind of yeah, gave your answer. Yeah, uh, I think that to me, I think I have other corners better. You know, when I, I like White from LSU, Moreau from uh, from UCLA, Tabor, of course. I mean, Tabor's going to be a guy you're going to have to talk about. I think City Jones, I like the length. I like the reach. I don't always like the ability, though, of him the way he runs. I think that some people, to me, could take advantage of him on some vertical stuff. But when you get him near the ball, he tends to make some plays. Mm-hmm. I just worry about him having to get in the right scheme fit. You know, I, I like him playing up. I really, really do. But I worry about some of the movement stuff sometimes with him. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Joe Hayden, uh, where you know he can, a great player though. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it, yeah, he can get beat a little. I mean, he will have moments where you know you kind of wonder. But I think overall, a pretty good player. I think. Yeah. His Joe Hayden's great. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Well, he used to be. Yeah. Uh, I think he's more of a risk. I guess is what I'm trying to say. If you're, I mean, I, I had I had like four sa- uh, four is, yeah, corners it, ahead him, and I think if you were looking for a corner, it, it has to be if you get if he gets in the wrong fit scheme fit. There could be some problems there with him. Right. I, I think playing up is better than playing back for him. Because this isn't done in a vacuum. Uh, right. We're comparing him to other corners in this draft right. that you might feel more comfortable with. So, yeah, I'm with you. But y- your point about him making plays, a uh, high school wide receiver, yeah. when the ball's in his area, uh, he does make plays, and I think that's a plus. I To me, he's a top-five corner. Uh, you know, I still think he'll go that high somewhere in the first round. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not a perfect prospect. That, that's that's yep. that's true. All right, you talked about Sydney being a wide receiver, but let's talk about another one, okay. Mike Williams from Clemson. I, I think he's safe. I, I really do. I don't think he's going to have the best forty-yard dash. I'm hoping at the combine he runs. Old Miss guy, scary from last year a little bit. After all that, how do you I mean? You can't ignore that. You know, you no, I know to, that's what now makes one. me think. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. you is he going to run closer to a four-five or closer to a four-six? You know, if if yeah. Mike Williams goes out and runs a four-five-eight. That's not ideal, obviously. Um, it's not a deal breaker because his game, his strengths are not built on speed. His strengths are at the catch point, his body control, um, you know, the way he can create a window when there isn't one against defenders and tight coverage. So I, I'd like to see him run somewhere in the low four fives. Hopefully, I think that would uh, only cement his status as the top receiver this year. But if he doesn't, that does create a little bit of doubt. But I, I think the tape is strong enough where I feel comfortable calling him a safe pick. Cool. Ryan Ramchek. You know, we've already heard Dane's take on him. Yeah. But your take, Brian. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think that to me, I think that the, the, this is a position that I'm really, really scared at. I'm, I'm scared of these offensive tackles. And I don't think – I think he's more of an athlete than he is a power player. And so I worry about that a little bit. I worry about really a little bit of lack of the strength – I think he's got the initial quickness. I, I think he. I think he's got technique. I worry about the the power though. We've seen some Wisconsin. Uh, uh, Gabe uh, the Karimi. Karimi, yeah, Wisconsin come out kind of be somewhat of a, a guy that was highly touted his first rounder, first rounder, and then really not play with power, really no. not be you know more athlete than power player. I worry he's more like him than he is really some of the Wisconsin tackles that we've seen in the past. Okay. So I, I'm I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit more of a risk there, and, and, and that, that whole position, though, is a, a position I would worry at. Okay. Absolutely. Well, we also have a Garrett Bulls. Mm, that's a risk. See, yeah, you didn't even hesitate on that one. Well, and you, you factor in a lot of things here. It, it, the fact that he is an older guy, he'll be a 25-year-old NFL rookie. Um, you know, he has a great story coming from where he did, uh, you know, had gotten to, into some trouble uh, in high school was out of football altogether. He was working on garage doors. 
Um, and then he decided at some point after a church mission to turn his life around, goes to Snow College, goes to Utah. Um, so this is a player who hasn't really been a part of a strength and conditioning program. Yeah. And I think that lack of core strength really shows in the way he plays. Now, he's a terrific athlete. Right. Athleticism is not an issue with Garrett Bowles, but he needs to get stronger. And, you know, he's an older guy. How long is it going to take for him to get, uh, you know, up to par with what you need him to be at to start in the NFL? This all factors into his value. Um, I'm not so much worried about his character as maybe you would have been five years ago. He's an older guy, just got married, just had a child. Um, so I think he, he has a more mature lifestyle now. But just the, his inexperience. Uh, yeah. The athleticism's there, but I worry about the core strength, some of the technique, technique issues. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to adapt to the pro level. Yeah, I totally agree with everything he said. I, I just think when I watch him play, I see a narrow player. And that bothers me. I mean, the movement stuff, the athletic ability, I think is very good. But I don't see a strong player. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, there's some, strong, there's some guys that have lacked strength that have played in this league at offensive tackle. You know, and I, I just – but I, he, I think he would be a risk. And, and a lot of it has to do with the strength and I think the experience, though. Yeah. I want a guy that's a little bit more seasoned. Okay, Tay, thanks so much. Absolutely. That was great, though. Okay, uh, we'll be uh, we'll, coming back from the draft show, uh, coming back from break. We're going to get into Twitter on the 20. So make sure you get your questions to Taylor at the draft show, and we will uh, get those when we come right back. With unlimited data from AT&T, you can stream your favorite DirecTV content almost anywhere. Side effects may include sports-induced public celebration, increased desire to share spoilers, and repeated late-night use of the phrase. Just one more episode. The unlimited effect. Get unlimited data when you switch to AT&T Wireless and have DirecTV. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Must have eligible TV service. If you're not eligible, AT&T will move you to a new plan and overage charges may apply. Plan will include stream saver. Other restrictions apply. See store for plan details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. I went to my first Cowboy football game at the Cotton Bowl when I was 10 years old. I've been a Cowboy fan ever since in the Super Bowl years and the not-so-good ones. Teamwork is what makes winners. At the law office of Domingo Garcia, we play as a team to win your case. If you have been hurt in a car or truck accident, injured on the job, call the law office of Domingo Garcia and join our winning team. With offices in Dallas, Houston, Austin, Odessa, and Tyler, we can help you in Texas. Call 214-941-8300. 214-941-8300. This, this is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Back here in the SWBC Mortgage Studios, Brian Broaddus, Dane Brugler, Taylor Stern, Kent Garrison, executive producer today. Hey, I got to do something here that I'm really happy to. Loving. I love. I love this. Tommy John underwear is in a league of its own. Mind-blowing fabrics that can you can barely feel, and designs to fit the modern man that eliminate bunching and wedgies. 
surplus backed by the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free, guaranteed. Shop exclusively Cowboys underwear at TommyJohns.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Great stuff right there, that Tommy the John. best. We uh, appreciate uh, their sponsorship of, Cowboys. of all our shows. And uh, so this is uh, a part of the show I really like because of fans. We like the interaction with the fans. Uh, is a segment created by Ed Cahill, and I always appreciate it. It is Twitter, Twitter on the 20. Hey, Taylor Stern, your show. Yes, they have great questions. You guys have some great listeners. Thank you. Anybody, Vince wants to know, who had the better film? Ruben Foster mm. or Jalen Smith? Both outstanding linebackers at the college level. Um, I, you know, I don't think there's one that's clearly better than the other, but Jalen Smith gets the edge. Just, yeah. he's, he's an athlete. And those athletes, the way he can move, uh, it, it was hard to, to find holes in his game. I would have picked – I think you had, would had to have selected Jalen Smith when you took Ezekiel Elliott. If, oh, if the, he was there. If he was there, if he right. was healthy. So to me, and I and I'm a fan of Foster. God, we were watching tape last night, and he's just all over the field explosive. from Alabama, just yeah. everywhere. Violent, yeah, violent, explosive, all those things. It's huge this year. Yeah, I think to me, I I, I would take Jalen Smith myself, and 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 hey, you know, we all hope that things work out for Jalen Smith, and that he could be a part of this team uh, coming up this year. Obviously, this is the only time that someone could ask this question and you guys would have answers because you've studied so many guys. But LaVale wants to know, what late third-day steals is no one talking about that really may surprise people? Hmm. Third-day steal. So you got to look at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, i got to look but. at the bottom. Whoa. Well, uh, you know, I, I would have said, Adam, my boy, our boy from Ashland. Adam the Shaheen, tight end? The tight end. Yeah. I think he's, you know, he's going to be off the board in the second day, probably. Uh, I mean, he's not a secret anymore. I think after the combine, he's only going to continue uh, to move up boards. Um, you know, I, I like a few receivers. Mac Hollins from North Carolina mm-hmm. is a player. I think people need to get uh, 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 learn more about him. Familiar, yeah. I, I think he's a guy that on special teams is going to make an impact. I think he can make an impact as a deep threat. Um, Kenny Galladay from. Northern Illinois, another receiver who uh, I think can make an impact and be available on day three. So I like this receiver class, uh, not only early, but I think there's some deep options as well. Where do you have some of these corners? Where do you have a guy like Elder? Uh, Horn Elder. He's a third-round player. Yeah, so you think he's higher than that, though? Yeah, I think he's, you could make an argument he's the best nickel yeah. corner in this I, draft. I, was, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would think that myself. I'll tell you what a guy – how about the Muhammad kid? He's he's talented, but the off field, the off the field, you know, because he missed this entire year. Right, uh, but maybe people will dock him a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's maybe that's a guy that also we're really we're kind of thinking because he didn't play this year Mm -hmm. that he might be a guy that all of a sudden shows up. He's in shape, you know. He he's got the ability. There's no question about that. I think okay, stick with corners. Jeremy Coutre, okay, from Middle Tennessee, a combine snub. This is a guy who wanted to go to LSU. His, his entire life. Oh, yeah. Katrina, yeah. A Katrina guy who, you know, was living from place to place, didn't have the grades to get in LSU, goes to JUCO, want, tries to get in LSU again, can't get in can't get grades, in. so he goes to Middle Tennessee. And the last two years, uh, he put together some really impressive tape. Tall, long, lanky. He's quick. Uh, you worry about the strength, but I tell you, his coaches go to bat for him. They speak very highly of who he is as a person and also uh, just as a football player, how young he is and how good he can be down the road. So I think Jeremy Coutre on day three, uh, that's a cornerback you need to know about. 
Okay, you're talking about cornerbacks. Well, Sean Gabby, sorry if I mispronounced your name, has a question for you guys. Obviously, love talk about Marinelli. He says, in Marinelli's scheme, is he looking for cornerbacks that play press, off man, both, who fits best? I feel like I might know the answer, but you guys take Go ahead, shot. shoot it at him. I feel like he plays a lot of press, and he yeah. plays, you know, he loves man coverage. Mm-hmm. That's how he beat a lot of those big-time receivers last year. So I right. feel like he would lean toward a corner who has that. Yeah. Ryan, what do you think? No, I, I I don't disagree. I think that, you know, he's he the 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 Tampa two scheme like everybody talked right. about was which to he play. Loves. Yeah, which you know, but he he had to make adjustments because he didn't have corners that could play off. And so I think it's it, and I don't want this to be as riding the fence. I think he would like guys that could play both. Yeah. That, that when, diverse. So when he gets in that, that hurts it, yeah, yeah, when he gets in that in that mode of uh, clog and cover, where all of a sudden they're playing you know zone and they're kind of doing that thing. I, I think though that it, you know there's some really really good man corners in this draft. I think there's a lot more man corners mm-hmm. myself, and you know I, I mentioned uh, the guys like Tabor and White. And Moreau, Jones, Tankersley, Humphrey. I mean, there's some guys in here that could play. Now, I, I don't know how much I would trust some of these guys playing off. I think guys like White, I think Moreau from UCLA, I think right. he could play off. Uh, Tankersley, to me, is not an off man. Press only. Press only. Yeah. So, you know, hum- Humphrey, Alabama, a little bit. I mean, he's long, drive, that kind of. I, I think that he he's looking for guys that can actually t- do both. And, but but you're yeah. right. You're right in your assessment. You know, I it, think he it, likes athletic guys that are just aggressive. Uh, he does. He does. And and that and that's why a guy like uh, Anthony Brown, you mm-hmm. know, who played as a as a boundary corner, you know, but could really run and showed the ability to kick inside. So the man ability, the stuff that he's able to play driving off the ball. You know, I think that they'll they'll continue to to try and get guys like that. This is a double question, one from Nebby, and it says, are there any mid-round prospects who could back up Dak Prescott next season? And then Brian kind of responded, this Brian Gaynor, he said, maybe Chad Kelly or Josh Dobbs, perhaps. Any thoughts there? You like Kelly a lot. I I, I think at some point in the draft, he's worth a a draft pick. You know, I think he's a lottery ticket. There's a lot of things I worry about worry me about him would he be the risk player oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. on yeah. and off the field yeah i mean off you the saw field him on last chance you yeah. yeah i mean he he's a player one scout described him to me he has a superman complex mm-hmm. you know he thinks he can do anything you know right. he has that entitled um uh, entitlement about him and that can help you at times on the field but also makes you worry about him off the field and also worry worries you on the field because he'll make some throws that he just shouldn't make so the arm that he was blessed with is just it's elite okay he has a golden arm He's an athlete. He can move around for his size, and he's also mentally and physically tough. So I and think he those takes are, a ton of hits. Oh yeah, and so I think those are some foundation traits you can work on and build off of. But again, he's not a player I'm going to feel comfortable taking in the first five rounds. That's someone the sixth or seventh round maybe take a shot on. Um, Josh Dobbs, another name that was mentioned. He is the guy that will receive a lot of DAC um, comparisons. Uh, I feel just, like that's all Deshaun right now. Yeah, Sean Watson, too. yeah. Um, but with Dobbs coming from the SEC, uh, I don't. He's just not an accurate quarterback. He's not, and I don't think that gets better. Uh, he's really smart. Uh, he's a good, good athlete for his size. Um, but you just rarely see guys get better in terms with their accuracy, their ball placement, their understanding of downfield coverages. I just don't see Dobbs. Dobbs isn't draftable to me. He probably will get drafted by a team, uh, but for me, that that is a player I would not be on my board. 
Dang. Yeah. Chad Kelly is so interesting to me because obviously he is the nephew of Jim Kelly. Yeah, right. Great, successful quarterback, Hall of Famer, oh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Immense respect for him in the league. And then, of course, you know, he's had his issues at Clemson, last chance to you, yeah, and all yeah. that in Mississippi and going yeah. there. So it's just kind of a fascinating guy to me. One other thing about Kelly is he is ADD. And that's something that uh, coaches have said that might affect his ability to digest a playbook in the NFL uh, just because it's so diverse and obviously uh, you know you have to know so many things and so that, that's just another wrinkle to who you know his scouting report and something that teams have to you know uh, or they have to uh, understand uh, whether or not he's worth a draft pick yeah but do you, you 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 talked about though in this this fifth sixth round Take, six. I have a sixth or seventh round grade on. Okay, so I, at that you, point, you wouldn't I'd take, take a, that risk until the until that that point, right? Okay, and he's so he's super talented though. He, he, we're, he, we're, we're all doing we got we're doing quarterbacks on Saturday. We're 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 taking my little group, okay, good KT and Jeff, and we're gonna we're gonna sit there and, and we're gonna hammer all the quarterbacks on Saturday. It's Sorry, not Saturday. a great group, but there's some talent. No, we'll find him. We'll find some. I know, and it's funny because you always do. Because I yeah. think last year, you know, there it seemed like you always talk about tears. Mm-hmm. You talk a lot about tiers, and you would talk about the top tier, the middle tier, and the bottom tier. And this year, it's like there's just a few in the top tier and a lot in the middle. And, and no consensus. How would how would Hackenberg and and Cook be in this draft? Better, See, probably better. I mean, people were thinking them. Taylor brought up the tiers thing. How about like a, even Dak Prescott? Yeah. I mean, yeah. would he be in, instead of in people's eyes maybe a fourth round guy? Is he a second round guy? Yeah, yeah just because of the way the class looks. Right. We don't have Jacoby Brissett's this year, right? Or, you know, that, guys that, like that, that where, second or third round group right. of so, guys. No, I think that that's a valid point. And uh, the the guy this year that's going to be interesting is Pat Mahomes. You know, because I've seen a lot about him. Yeah, I, I don't think it would be a surprise if he snuck into the first round. I don't think he should, but he yeah. might. Um, I think you, were, he, you were on him as the as your, and you had him in your initial top 50. Yeah, he was I number said. 50. He came yeah. in at number 50. Uh, I think he's a early to mid second round guy. At, yeah. at that point, maybe you take a chance, but again, he's a player that he's not going to help you in 2017. No. And I think yeah. there's a worry that he might not help you in 2018. He's yeah. just kind of like so, what we said about Dak. <laughs> he's a puppy. Well, no, Dak, I think we had a better understanding of who he was. Oh, no, I, I, you know, I don't. With Mahomes, that. it's just all upside. Yeah. He really yeah. is a puppy. I don't think you can blame yourself for anything that you said about Dak. You know, I've gotten really frustrated because it feels like everything I see on Twitter or social media right now is Deshaun and Dak. Right. Oh, Deshaun is the next Dak Prescott. But to me, that feels really lazy to say yeah. that. Because, yes, you know, they have similar, similar attributes. They're very similar style play and all that stuff but Clemson just won a national championship Deshaun came from Mississippi State obviously he excelled that program when he was there but you know they are what they are Mm -hmm. and it's so much situational success you know Deshaun Watson may go into a Cleveland Browns situation and you can't say oh he's not the next Dak because he's there well Dak Prescott came into this situation where he had a the best offensive line in the league, Ezekiel uh, Elliott. Yeah, a team committed to running the football. Fit is the most important part <laughs> well, for quarterbacks, yeah. It oh, seriously yeah. is because I remember talking. Or for everybody. Really. Every position. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you go to the right fit, the right situation, now obviously talent will supersede that. And if you're that talented, you know, that'll show through no matter where you are. But it, it you'll fit in a, a perfect example right here with Dak Prescott. Yeah. How if he goes to another team, if the Browns draft him instead of Cody Kessler in the Raiders. third round. You know, who knows how that works out, right? Yeah. So, and fit is paramount 
to the trajectory of a rookie's and just a player's eventual NFL Yeah, career. and I remember talking to Dak at training camp, and we were kind of talking about learning the playbook because he got a lot of slack as far as, you know, he'd never taken under center, and you have to learn a whole new playbook. But really, most people didn't realize he didn't because of the fact that, you know, Linehan had worked with Urban Meyer, and Urban mm-hmm. Meyer had obviously worked with Dan Mullen. And so they had a lot of the similar plays that it made it a little bit easier for a rookie like Dak yeah. to come in and understand this playbook and a lot of people didn't know that coming into the mm-hmm. draft obviously Linehan did yep but that I think that plays into it too absolutely got yes. one time for one more question one more question who are the best strong side linebackers in this draft that fit for the Cowboys and are realistic to be in their range Kelly Cowboy wants to know the question of the day ah I haven't had the question of the day in a while thank you very much for that Kent I don't know, Brian. What do you think? Is Sam? Is there a Sam in this? Uh, where would you play? Where would you play Riddick? Hmm. I think he's probably best inside in a three-four. Mm-hmm. Maybe probably a week. In a I think four, on the weak three. side. How about Riley? Um, another week. Another um, week. What? <laughs> I like him better as a well. If he's in a 4-3, it's tougher. 3-4, I want him, you know, getting after the quarterback a right. bit. But in a 4-3, I don't know if I love that fit. Yeah. You know, I I don't. About Anderson, Alabama. I struggle with Anderson. He's one of those See, guys. that he that is, he is a struggle. Because he, there's a lot of talent there. I just don't know where he fits best. And the senior bowl didn't help me. I think the combine and watching tape in March is really going to, what it's going to take to figure out Ryan Anderson in terms of, What's his value and what he's going to be at the pro level? About the top of the board, how about Cunningham, Vanderbilt? like him quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I do too. He's one of my favorite guys. Oh, yeah, you like him top five. I do. He's one of my – everybody nobody – nobody wants to like this guy with me. No, I, I like him. I, you see examples of him using that length, shedding, and flowing to the play. Yeah. As a Sam, you have to be able to take on the point of attack yeah. consistently. And I'm not sure if that's Cunningham. I don't know if he can do it consistently. I, I've, I've seen him do it. I know he can because yeah. he flashes that explosive upper right. body, uses those long arms. I just don't know if he can do it consistently. Fair enough. I'll tell you what, man. I, 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 I love him. He's awesome. I, I do. And I, and I, I, I hope that he – I hope I'm actually right about him. somebody. Yeah, he's my guy. He, Cunningham is my guy. I think he's a top 20 player, so I don't, I don't hate him. I just don't love him as He's a good as football do. player. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate that. He's a good football player. Okay, when we come back, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, uh, we're going to get in. Taylor's got some more stuff. Uh, Tay, Taylor's takes will uh, we'll carry on. Not Tay what, but better than that. We'll work on that. But anyway, uh, when we come back, we'll, uh, be, uh, well, we'll be right back at the draft show. Stay tuned. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. With unlimited data from AT&T, you can stream your favorite DirecTV content almost anywhere. Side effects may include sports-induced public celebration, increased desire to share spoilers, and repeated late-night use of the phrase. Just one more episode. The unlimited effect. Get unlimited data when you switch to AT&T Wireless and have DirecTV. 
After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Must have eligible TV service. If you're not eligible, AT&T will move you to a new plan and overage charges may apply. Plan will include stream saver. Other restrictions apply. See store for plan details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, Cowboy legends, cheerleaders, and me, Brian Broaddus. Want to stay at the team hotel? With Star Sports Tours, you can. And our outstanding ticket selection is unmatched. You can trust the official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit StarSportsTours.com to book your travel packages today. Ice Cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So, next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper to make your Cowboys party one of a kind. Dr. Pepper, a Dallas Cowboys tradition. This this is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. We're back here in the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Brian brought us Dane Brugler. Taylor Stern, Kent Garrison, executive producer. Uh, got about uh, 18 minutes or so left in the show. And uh, going to do a little thing called Taylor's Takes. Yes. More questions. If uh, when we get through these, maybe if we have some time for some phone calls, we'll do that as well. 888-855-2297. Also want to thank everybody out there for, um, you know, and uh, hanging out with us. Uh, we've got it on uh, the Periscope, uh, on the app, all these things, all these different platforms that uh, so fun. T- Taylor is so proficient at. Yeah, and Kent I, makes it happen, though. Yeah, Kent Garrison does a heck of a job with that. And so, but uh, we appreciate everybody uh, following along. We appreciate all the folks that go back and listen to this, though, uh, you know, as uh, podcasts and things like that. And, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've got myself and Dane doing a couple of different things. Podcast you're on with uh, Jeff Cavanaugh. Trust the Tape. Trust the Tape is a good podcast to Appreciate listen everyone. to as well. So that. check that. It usually comes out on Mondays. So yep. yeah, we'll, uh, and you guys, I'm sure, will maybe have something going on from the Combine as well. Absolutely. So Dane will be part of the coverage. David Helman will be part of the coverage. And Rob Phillips will be part of the coverage from the Combine. So we'll do all that. So that is very exciting. We got it all. Yeah. But I'm ready to ask you guys some questions. I'm go for it. Taylor's get, Takes. Here we go. these gurus in here. Yeah, there we go. Last year, I really, really felt like I had to fight for Ezekiel Elliott because <laughs> a lot of people didn't think you could take a running back at fourth overall. I, I think it paid off for the Cowboys. But can you guys name one player that you would truly fight for in this draft, Dane? Give us your guy. Hmm, fight guy. for him. Somebody that, like, it may not be the best fit for the Cowboys. Don't care. I just want to know someone who you would fight so for. So if I'm the Cowboys at 28, who would I fight for? Yes. Like, you are banging on the table, as Brian says. And you Both feet want up. this guy on this team. You can't believe he's still there on the board. Let's just live in a fantasy land. Who is it? I probably might go with O.J. Howard, um, the talented tight end from Alabama. I don't know if he's going to be there, but if he is, I know this team needs defense. Uh, this needs a team needs a pass rusher, needs cornerback help. But if you can add a talent like O.J. Howard who – uh, is going to help you from day one, and he's going to get better uh, as a blocker and as a receiver. He can stretch the seam. Uh, he can do different things. Uh, really, just add another dimension to this offense. I don't think you could pass up O.J. Howard. I'd be, I'd be banging the table for him. Okay, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, that you. is fair. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to take another route here. I, I would, I'm going to fight at 28 for Tack McKinley yeah. if he's there. 
I really am. And I know we have the shoulder and all the things. I think this is a very versatile football player. I think he could play right in. He could play left in. You could stand him up. You could put his hand down. There's a lot of different things that you can do with Tack McKinley. Lawson, McKinley, those guys, I think they're going to be at the bottom of the board. But I think when it comes time to, to pick, when it comes time to pick, he'll be the guy that probably has the best grade of a wide receiver of a potential corner of an of a potential safety there as well. So Tack McKinley would be the guy that I would if we were if we were talking about okay wait we've got this corner we've got this receiver I'm banging the table for Tack McKinley to be here. I just think that he can give you something as a as a big time edge rusher versatile player. Better or worse chance 50-50 that he's there at 28 in your mind. In my mind, in I, I'm living in fantasy land, thinking that you know that he no, I just would want be to get your. I, I think it's. I think he'll go earlier. Yeah, I, and maybe it'll become a no-brainer for somebody after the combine. But, but if we yeah. start, if we're up there and we start talking about, well, we've got this guy, and you know, the stack is maybe you've got some guys with similar grades and all that, and he's one of. I'm like, guys, really? You know, let's think about this. Let's, yeah. You know, all the things we talked about. You know, safe players and that, and productive players. I think he's all of that. If McKinley doesn't run a four five at the combine, yeah, I might be a little disappointed. I, I think he, yeah, he might. He might get it. I might. Yeah, I might be there. wrong about that. You're talking a lot about versatile players, mm-hmm. which kind of plays into my next question. Yes, Solomon Thomas. Obviously, I love watching Stanford. Whoa, I love watching Stanford. Right. I'm curious though. You, he's a very versatile player. Yeah, that's going to be a plus for him in this draft. But mm-hmm. what's his best position? That's a great question because that is something that will be debated, and I don't think there will be a consensus. Yeah, you know, it depends on scheme, depends on what you want to do. Um, he looks like an edge rusher. You know, he's six two, two seventy five. Right. Um, Build. Right. He that's he looks like a base end, um, and that's where I think he probably will start off. But he's does so he does so many good things for, from the interior because his powerful hands, his quickness. I mean, he has that ability to you know the closer he gets to the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, the more explosive he gets and the more impact he makes. So I guess, you know, he's a base end on uh, early downs. You move him inside on passing downs. I I don't want to put him into one position. You know, you move him around a little bit and just let him be explosive from different areas. If I had to put him in one spot, I might put him at three technique. I don't think you're wrong, yeah. I mean, I, and I like what you said about put him close to the ball and let him go. He is an explosive player. He's strong. He's really young. Is he 20 years old? Yeah, I mean right. he is. Incre- I mean, there's so many positive things about him that uh, as a player, and I, I would just, I think his, I think three technique is actually better than defensive end. But I, I wouldn't discount him playing defensive end at all in the NFL. Not bad, not bad. Uh, no. But you know, we talk about these drafts and how they have different depths at certain positions. Cowboys being at 28, you know, that kind of puts them at a disadvantage. But give me a position that you wouldn't necessarily draft early. That this draft just has plenty of them, or you can see yourself getting one later on. I probably have to go wide receiver. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the options on day two. Um, now, if John Ross is there at twenty-eight, it's going to make you think. All right, well, McKinley or Ross? We, now let's have that discussion. We just—I know we talked about McKinley. Yeah, I'm going with the pass rusher. Yeah, me too. I mean, I don't see. That's why I would I'd jump up on the table, and I like Ross. Right. And it, see, it's tough so you're because you're going to say defense. Yeah, you don't want to window dress your board. Nope. But if you have, say, you have Ross one step ahead of McKinley mm. on your board, the, uh, I still think you go McKinley just because he's a pass rusher. But he impacts do you? the game more. Do you? Yeah, I, 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 know. I, I know what you say. You don't window dress uh. the board, but in that situation, you feel a lot better about 
the pass rusher in the first round and a receiver in the second or third over. Then, then I did a poor opposite. job. Then I did a poor job of fighting for the player when we were stacking the board. If if that happens, uh, yeah. then I need to keep my mouth shut. Look, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but look, players are similar. I mean, you know, no, I understand. I mean, like, no, tiers. Sean Merriman and Demarcus Ware had the same yeah. grade, but but Ware was over Merriman on the board. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the way it was. And you're and, happy about that, Joy? Yeah, but but they had the same grade. You know, I mean, I if I'm stacking that thing and my guy doesn't win, I'm just in my mind I'm going, okay, I noted, but you know, I'm just trying to limit my mistakes. When when players have similar grades at the same position, that becomes a little easier. But right. when they have similar positions or, or similar, similar grades, grades at, at different, different positions, positions and on different sides of the ball, right? Then it becomes a little more excusable to go with the pass rusher if you have a similar grade over a player you think you feel good about getting a receiver second, third, fourth round. Yeah. So who wouldn't you draft early? He he said the wide receiver. Who would you not draft early? I wouldn't draft. I don't think you could find an. I don't think if you had to pick an offensive tackle in this draft early. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I don't see that group. I, and I know, you know, with Ramchick and all that, I I don't see a guy that if I had to take an offensive tackle in the first round, you know, I'm like, man, I'm dying for a tackle. That would be a mistake. I think it would be a mistake. And yeah. I, and I and and I think Ramchick is more of a late one. Two kind of a guy, but man, I would be scared. I would be scared to draft. I'll tell you another position. Like if you had to draft a one technique, mm-hmm. you know, a guy, a big. I mean, I, I think, and not that anybody yeah. would take one the first, but I'm not really sure about that. I mean, the top one technique for me is probably Tomlinson. Tomlinson? Yeah, yeah, Alabama. Yeah. So, but, and that's a guy you. I have a second, third round grade. There on. you go. Okay. Okay. Cornerbacks. Mm. We're very important. We've talked about them. Who is the most outstanding slot corner in this draft? Well, I, you know, I think a player like Marshawn Lattimore can do it. You know, he has the athleticism to do it. But if we're going to talk about more of a nickel corner, a guy that you're going to bring in um, on nickel situations to cover a slot. Which this team likes to do. Right. I, a guy we mentioned earlier, Corn Elder from mm-hmm. Miami, I think he can do it. Because if you're going to be a slot corner, you have to be able to tackle. Right, you he have, can tackle. Yeah, you have to be a tough son of a gun, and I think that's Corn Elder. Um, he's not the biggest guy, not the longest guy, but he's tough. He has better strength than you what, what you think, and yet he's a supreme athlete. So I, I think Corn Elder would make a lot of sense. Who's the guys of? of let me take it a little further to answer a great question. Of the short guys, Elder Jackson or Lewis? Jackson being USC, mm-hmm. Lewis being Michigan. Michigan. If you had to take a smaller corner to play slot. Which one of those three would you take? I'd, I'd take Jordan Lewis. Uh, I think he has the cover skills that you want. Um, I, I feel better about Corn Elder maybe as a run defender, but I, I think Jordan Lewis, just in terms of pure cover skills, right. coverage ability, I, I feel better about him than those other two guys you mentioned. I think I would take Elder. Okay. I think I would take Elder and then, and then Lewis and Jackson. One, two, and then Jackson's. Oh, <laughs> is, Jackson. that, is that what it is? Jackson's way down. Jack, Jackson, but no, I'm just talking about the short corner yeah. guys. The short corner. Jackson's going to look great at the combine because he's going to oh, test sure. really well. Yeah, I just he, I don't know. There's get too much the, bad. Get ready too much for, bad tape on him. Get ready for TV scout. Oh, we him getting bullied at the in against in Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Bullied John against John Ross, Utah. Uh, Dosido. Yeah. Dosido. Mm, I like it. Okay. People are mean. People are mean. This next <laughs> question, I feel like I already have the real answer to this, but I'm curious. Need a jack-of-all-trades player, Christian McCaffrey or Jabril Peppers? I feel like the answer is probably obvious in Peppers, but is there a fight for McCaffrey? I, I, think, the, I think the answer is obvious, and it's McCaffrey. 
I I like it. I like it. I like the trap it. Show. I, Peppers, you know, I don't think he's. I, I, I struggle with where he's going to fit. Um, well, and that's why people would probably right. think that he is a jack of all. Where are you going to play McCaffrey? I don't care. Just put him on my offense. I mean, oh, just anywhere you want. I'll line him up out wide in the slot, backfield. Okay. Uh, well, just think he's a bull. Right. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is one of the smartest uh, runners I've ever evaluated. He understands creases. He understands, uh, you know, when the mission's over. Miss. Yeah. You know, yeah. He understands how to set up his moves. He reads his blocks. He's so good at that. And he's so good uh, with his ball skills, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, running routes. He's not the biggest guy. We'll see what he comes in at the combine. Is he 205 or is he going to be closer to 215? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a featured back where you want him carrying the ball 20 times a game, but he can touch the ball 20 times a game and impact your offense in a big way. Peppers, I just... I guess he, he might be that jack of all trades, master of none, where he can do a few things, but you just you kind of worry about where's his home, you know? Yeah. Where's he going to fit? Understand that. You know so. what? You're not wrong about this McCaffrey, though. By the way, I, I was just getting on you about that because you can do a lot of things yeah. with him. His his tape is his tape has you going wow more than Pepper's tape does. And if I had to have a guy that I really don't know, even though I do think I have a plan for McCaffrey. I really don't have a plan for Peppers, and I and I and I'm I'm thinking. Do you think? Let me ask you this, guys. Do you think that they're going to be selected near each other, the same spot? Probably. I think it's going to depend on what teams are lining up. Yeah, I think yeah, late one. Um, yeah. I, I think they'll be in that area with McCaffrey. You know, he plays a position where a lot of teams feel comfortable passing on a good team back. will draft him, won't they? Oh, yeah, you know, a team like the Patriots, a team like you know the of Packers. I, I can't rule Cowboys. Them out. I don't think they'll make that move now. But uh, with Peppers, it just takes a little bit more of a leap of faith, you know, because you have to, you're projecting him at a position where, uh, you know, at, at college he played a little corner, played a little nickel, played a little linebacker, uh, and showed flashes. You know, he can run. He's an elite athlete. But where's his home? Is he a three-down player? A lot of these questions we need to figure out. Sounds a lot like what people were curious about with Ramsey last year. Yeah. Yeah, but with Ramsey, I think he – you talking yeah. about what home? Where's yeah, his home? Yeah, yeah. Corner, I mean, corner safety. I think corner you, safety. Where's right. he better? High pointing, all that stuff. I think yeah. you felt better. Mark. Yeah, you felt better about Ramsey. He could play either. With Peppers, it's more. I'm not sure he could play either. You know, because he's kind of a tweener. He's does a little bit of what you want a linebacker to do. Does a little bit of what you want a corner to do. Does a little bit of what you want a safety to do. So he really, I really believe he needs a hybrid position. If you're drafting Jarrell Peppers, you have to draft him with the understanding that. You're changing your defense to fit him in, not trying to force him into what you do on defense. Yeah, you never know what it will be. But tall safeties usually don't have success in this league. So why will Obi Mellon, Fawn Wu, I said it right, with UConn have success? Uh, yeah, physical marvel, and he showed it at the combine. You know the way he those UConn built. guys, they just like yeah. to Byron show out. Jones, uh, yeah, what it is up there, but the strength and conditioning program gets them ready. Uh, it's a good point. We don't see many six three, six four safeties. Yeah, it, it's very rare that you have those guys. I mean, there's been guys been drafted high too, like right. Patrick Bates was picked. He's over six three, right? You know, uh, you've had guys like uh, Steve Atwater was over six two. He's had great success. We've got a few of those guys this year with uh, Melon Fonwu, and then also the Louisville kid. Um, Harvey Clemens. Yeah, but uh, I, I didn't like him as much. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so with Melon Fonwu. 
He can run. And he can. He can cover some ground. He can. And I think, you know, those long strides where that height helps him. Physical. Those you, long legs. Were you thinking more of a side tackler or stuff like that? or take Yeah, I, I didn't love his tape. I, yeah. It was okay. Um, I thought he did better at the senior bowl in, in coverage. I mean, they lined him at, at corner on yeah. some of those drills. Makes uh, sense with the range. Yeah. Right. And so he can cover a lot of ground. I think he could turn. I think he could yeah. turn for, for, a a long, for a long-legged guy. Right. I saw some play. I think it was a Houston game where the ball went sideline and he went from the middle and like just bashed the guy into the bench. I think bottom line with him is he'll be drafted higher than I would draft him. I think he's going to be in that mid to late third round. That's where I would feel comfortable. Right. I think somewhere in, between picks 50 and 75 would probably come off the board. Someone will really want to gamble at that athleticism. Possibly. Maybe. Big, big, tall safety guy. Yeah. I mean, they already have one with Chancellor. I don't yeah. know if they want two, but no, maybe, I mean, or maybe someone trying maybe. to copy Seattle. Exactly. Yeah. There we and go. That happens too. Brian is very good about admitting when he is wrong. <laughs> And he does that in a very prideful manner. Mm-hmm. But in this draft, who is the player that you have the biggest chance of being wrong about? I think we've identified that last year yours was kind of maybe Joey Bosa. Yeah. So this year, who's the guy that you know, you're know you hesitant about? Maybe one of the risk guys you said earlier. But he could end up being better than we all think. It's a good question. Um, it's a hard question because it's kind of going against whatever you think anyway. Mm-hmm. I think the easy way would be to go with one of these quarterbacks um, just because there's such there's so much doubt with one of them. I'll, I'll try to stay away from the quarterbacks. I'll say Quincy Wilson from Florida. Yeah. He's a player who I just don't think is very good. And, and everybody's got him up real high on the board. A lot He's of like people a, have him in the top first 50 first-round player, yeah. But the tape shows a player who doesn't have the speed that you want at corner. Right. Doesn't understand spacing the way you want. He has a few splash plays where he'll make a pick and uh, return it for a big gain. But watching his tape snap after snap, I, I, good-sized athlete, and he's, he's, he might test okay, and so that's going to help him. But I just don't see a consistent football player. I haven't graded as a safety because I, I just don't think he's going to be able to stay at corner. Yeah, you know, and I'll stay with Florida. The opposite. I, I think I could be really wrong about Tabor. Mm. You know. You like him. I like him a lot. I like Tess Tabor. I like him a lot. And I I feel like that I have him maybe too high on the board. You know, and I and I and I would you know wrong in the opposite way. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, wrong wrong that I have him too high. Mm. That he doesn't play well. That he that he that he turns into a bust. Who do you feel like you had that last year with just in comparison? Like somebody that you really put up high and then he ended up not really delivering as well. I don't know if you can mm. say that right now. It's kind of trying to. Yeah, I need to go back and look at my notes. I mean, on, you know, Miles Jack. Miles obviously. Jack. Was yeah, Miles Jack. Well, yeah, yeah Miles Jack was stuff. my number one guy, and yeah. I think that Miles Jack, you know, with the situation, if he if he had if he's bad for Jacksonville this year and doesn't play well, that that will be my that will be my new all timer right there because he was my number one player on my board. Zach, yeah, and then and then also yeah, I, I wanted to give him another shot, but well, yeah. And you said a key phrase, I think, yeah. situational. Yeah. It's all situational success. I mean, yeah. you know, Zeke could have gone somewhere else and maybe he didn't have the O-line that he yeah. did and would be like, well, he's not even yeah. in consideration for yeah. rookie. I, I just I just want to give him the opportunity. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Thank you so much, Taylor Stern. Thank you for answering my question. Awesome yeah, job, appreciate Taylor. that. Yeah. Thanks, Dane. For, uh, for Taylor Stern, for Dane Brugler. For Kent Garrison, I'm Brian Braz. I want to thank uh, Derek Eagleton for letting us get on the air with this stuff. I want to thank Ed Cahill for creating this. I want to thank everybody out there for uh, following along with us. Uh, we will see you next time. We'll start Tuesday. Make sure you're following at the Draft Show. We're going to tweet out the times that we will be there. Uh, Dane will be involved. Uh, 
David Helm and myself will have the full updates every day from the Combine, so we'll keep you informed. So until then, we'll see you. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?